When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail Sunday, the NFL on CBS is back with a crazy talented crop of QBs out West, possible MVPs in the East, and matchups to remember. Sundays, the NFL is on CBS. It's the last stand, and here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right, it is the last stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport. I'm Brian Custer, and joining me today is one of the biggest challengers when you talk about the 154-pound division, I'm talking literally and figuratively. Uh, he's known as the Towering Inferno, Sebastian Fundora, with us on the last. How are you, my man? Great, great. Great to be on here. You know, I'm excited. Yeah, Laura, listen. <laughs> the 154-pound division, to me, one of the best. Yeah. I mean, so many big names. Danny Garcia is there now, Tony Harris and Jared Hur. You can go on and on and on and on. But you took on Carlos Ocampo. Tell me why. Why Ocampo? Well, um, that's what they gave us. That's the name they gave us. You know, usually we don't call out anybody, you know, so um, I guess they're not willing to take the fight if we don't call them out. But, you know, this is, um, I think, number 10 in Ring Magazine. Yeah. So he's a ringed fighter. He's a high-ranked fighter. He's been on a 12-win streak. And, you know, um, um, I think it's a perfect formula for an exciting fight right here in Southern California. Do, do you get a sense that maybe, let's say, three, four fights ago, People were looking at you like, eh, maybe he's just a novelty. He's a guy, tall dude, he's six something, whatever. And now all of a sudden, like, yo, this guy can punch. This guy can fight. And they're like, I don't think I want it because of a stylistic matchup. This might be a nightmare for you. Can you get a sense that the, the tide has changed when it comes to Sebastian Fundor? I feel like maybe for the fans, definitely for the fans, they see me in a different light, you know, more respect. But uh, I feel like the division, they always had their eyes on me, you know. We just keep proving ourselves over and over again. Now we're in a, in a number one spot, you know. We're the mandatory for the WBC. So, you know, we'll see who's, who's willing to take the shot after this fight. <laughs> so, what do you think you proved then, let's say, to the boxing public after that victory over Lubin? That we're, we're a contender and we're a contender that's racing for that world championship and, um, and that we can win it. Hmm. What do you remember most from that fight? I mean, both of you guys go down. I mean, it was nonstop action. I mean, just all I remember I used that uppercut was vicious. And then all of a sudden, he's coming back. What, what do you remember most from that fight? I remember that round clearly. I think it was the seventh round, right? Yeah. You know, I hit him with the uppercut and there was blood spilling out. But, you know, I was watching it. I just remember the face falling on more and more and more. You know, I remember uh, um, taking that knee as well. I don't remember like, like as like a big part. It was just like, okay, get back up, go back to work. But I remember that seventh round very clearly. I kept hitting him with uppercuts and the blood was spinning out. I was like, they gotta stop this. Yeah. That was pretty bad. Yeah. And I know for us, looking at his face, I was like, oh my goodness. Were you like that too at some point in that fight? Like, man, look at this guy's face. It was that round. It was that mm. round. I saw the morphing and the changing. I was like, there's, there's no way that they're gonna continue this fight. I mean, his face wasn't cut or anything like that, but the swelling like that, it never really happens in boxing like that. Mm. Surprised that, that the reaction from the crowd when, they, when his, his, his corner stopped it. I wasn't surprised at that point, you know, because after that round, we came back into the fight, you know. Um, 
I never felt like I left the fight. It's just that little second, you know, a little slip up. But we went back into the fight. I got back up and went back to work. And uh, when they called it, you know, I, I was like, you know, figures. Yeah. <laughs> Were you in any danger at, at all in that fight at any time? Um, I guess at that moment, but again, I, I, I had a cool head. I took that knee, I came back up, went back to work. I read uh, something where you told uh, the boxing scene, quote, I show people what I was made of, end quote. Tell me what you meant about that. Well, just like the questions before, you said uh, um, how people looked at us as like a novelty because mm -hmm. of our height. We're not that, we're not just that. I, of course we're a tall fighter, you know, we're tall and that's cool or whatever, go play basketball, but we can fight. Mm -hmm. We can fight, we can bang, and we can become world champion. Um, what was the response? you got after the fight? I mean, like social media, I'm, I'm sure probably the, the followers increased after that. Definitely, what what was the kind of response you got when you're out on the streets? Uh, positive, very mm. positive, very, very positive. Uh, of course, you got, you got a couple negative, but I mean, if they're negative, I felt like they never were before you in the first place, you know? We went to Canastota for the Hall of Fame. I never fought in New York before, but they, the way they, they, they greeted me, it was like, like no other, like, oh man, like you swear, like I was from New York this whole time. It was great, it's a yeah. great feeling. So just that small event itself made me show how much of that fight pushed me. Yeah, the International Boxing Hall of Fame there is in Kansas. And quiet is kept, you're being, you're being modest. I heard you were like a rock star there. People <laughs> were like, yo, I love the fight. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's really cool for you. Um, do you believe that you are ready right now for Jamel Charlo? I do. I do. I'm the WBC mentor for a reason. You know, this is only the interim, but uh, I want the real thing. I definitely want the real thing. And, and, you know, after the last fight, I think I proved to everybody that I'm ready for that. And I'm sure you, you saw him fight Castaño. How would you see a Fondora Charlo fight playing out in the ring? Great fight. Great strong fight. You know, power punchers. It's just uh, uh, who could take it more. <laughs> yeah. Um, Charlo's right now scheduled to take on Tim Zhu. Yes. Right. And Jay, how do you see that fight playing out? I have Charlo winning that one. Hmm. I think Charlo's a stronger fighter. But uh, Tim Su puts the pressure. I feel like uh, Charlo does have a little problems with that. So we'll see what Tim Su comes with, uh, maybe a different game plan, but I do have Charlo for that one. Was there any, did you take a slight that Tim Su got the fight as opposed to you? It's the business, you know. I really don't have say in that. But uh, I wish I would've got it first, of course. Who doesn't? But um, I guess he got the mandatory first, so he gets to go first. Hmm. Interesting. Um, at one point, I know you were maintaining that you could still fight at 147. Yes. Um, is that still the case? Yeah, we definitely could do it. But again, I've been campaigning this whole time at 154. I want to get something out of it. Mm. I'm not going to go down to 47, fight for a title when I have this shot right here at 54. I'm comfortable here at 54. I've been walking at this weight class my whole career. My whole career I've been doing at 154. I'm gonna get something first. You know, I also heard you at one point say that, you know, listen, I'm, I'm starting to fill out my body now. Hey, I'm putting on muscle now in, in some of these camps. How long do you see yourself at 154? Well, that's not even a question for me. That's a question for God, hmm. you know? Uh, right now, I'm comfortable, but who knows? Maybe this holidays, I'm gonna go up, you know? You never know. But uh, uh, as of right now, 24, 154, it's good. Yeah. I, I know family's really big for you. Definitely. Uh, you, you know, obviously your father trains with you. Mm -hmm. uh, your sister obviously always works out right along with you. Um, she had her ninth fight uh, over the weekend. You said you believe that she's going to become a champion before you. Why, why is that? She's just that good, you know, I, out of everybody in the family. She's just the one that grabs boxing and, and makes it hers, you know. She really is that talent. And I think she's, she, she can become the, the face of women's boxing. 
Maybe the face of boxing. Really? Definitely. Well, I mean, because you, you, Katie Taylor, Clarissa Shields. We just had Clarissa Shields on, and you know, and you know Clarissa Shields believes definitely. right now yeah, she definitely. is the face of Of course, body. of yeah. course. Every era has their champions. Yeah. When it's her time, yeah. I'm prove it. I'll put money on it. Right. <laughs> I don't even gamble, but yeah. I'll put money on it. I'll put a nice quarter on it. <laughs> and you tell me why. What is it about Gab that you says, yo, she's got it? I can't even explain it. You'll see this Saturday, she's fighting as well in the card, so you'll see. And this is only her ninth fight. Mm -hmm. She has what, not even half of what I have. She's already there. Mm, interesting. Um, at six, did you ever consider playing basketball? I did, in high school. For, and I played for a month. I didn't learn how to dribble. I didn't learn how to shoot. All the short kids were taking the ball from me, you know. The first reaction to that was, one, I flinched to punch him, but I was like, no, you can't do that. That's not the sport. This is not the sport for it. But, uh, you know, uh, um, the reason I ended up playing, because I never got the permission slip signed. So I blame myself. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about, I love about you is because you give off this air as, like, you know, Clark Kent. You know, I wear the glasses, I'm preppy, and then you get inside the ring and you're a killer. Is that on purpose? Um, this is how I am. I'm, I guess you could call me a nerd, whatever. I don't really care. You know, I like the video games. I like all that stuff. Um, but when it comes to boxing, you have to be focused. You have to put on a show for everybody. And I train hard for it, you know. So if all those things I have to do for boxing, then I'm going to do it. You, yeah. know? Uh, you have to be a killer in the ring. You have to want to, to hurt somebody. It's just outside the ring, you don't have to do that. So. <laughs> and, and it's interesting because there's some guys who can't turn it off. <laughs> and you, you've been fighting for how long? I've been boxing since I was, I've been competing since I was eight, but I've been around boxing my whole life. Wow, wow. And you've always naturally been able to turn it off when you're out of the ring. Definitely, definitely. Boxing and life, I mean, they go together, hand in hand, but um, there's some stuff in boxing that you don't have to bring out in real life. Say, bringing that toughness. Uh, I guess some fights in life are battles yeah. and stuff, but not everyday things. I don't have to wake up and, and mad dog my sister because she drank all the milk. <laughs> That's hilarious. And you're only what, 24? 24, yeah. 24. And so what, do you, what would, if you weren't boxing, what would Sebastian Fundora be doing? Going to school, you know. Um, maybe after boxing. I want to become a teacher now. Before really? I want to become a psychiatrist for kids. But I've been talking to these kids in their schools, you know, and seeing how they react. And so I want to be part of that. I want to become a teacher, maybe a guidance counselor, but we'll see one of those things after boxing. I mean, you know, you look like a teacher now. You know that, right? <laughs> you you look like a, well, look, I'm like, oh, you look like a teacher now. Yeah. That's tremendous. Um, what do you think about these YouTubers? These YouTubers, Jake Paul now, these guys are making millions, millions in your sport. And you've given blood, sweat and tears to these guys come right in, boom, make million bucks because of their following. Is it good for the sport and do you like it? Well, hopefully, I would imagine it's good for the sport because, yeah, they're bringing in new fans, but maybe they're just bringing their fans for them. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll watch Logan Paul fight, but I'm not going to watch anybody else fight. I don't care about him. I care about Logan Paul. So, like, the fact that they're making millions, well, they're making millions with YouTube, too. So it's like, with this, a Justin Bieber can come and he sings. He's a singer. He's one of the best singers in the world. And if he does a fight, and he can fight anybody, 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 He'll make millions too. Hmm. They just want to see Justin Bieber. Yeah. They just want to see Logan Paul. They want to see Jake Paul. Whatever these YouTubers are, they want to see them. Yeah. And that's all it is. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Brian Custer. I want to talk to you about our partner, Athletic Greens. You know, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy. And I got to tell you, I absolutely love it. Athletic Greens doesn't taste super healthy. It's kind of mild. It has that tropical taste. 
but I actually look forward to having it every single morning. So what is this stuff? Well, one scoop of delicious athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Listen, it helps support better sleep quality for you, recovery, and it supports mental clarity and alertness is what I love about it. You know, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. And it's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, uh, vegan, paleo, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens is for you. And it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing really in your health. And it's cheaper than that cold brew habit that you may have. So additionally, for every purchase, Athletic Greens is going to donate to organizations, help to get nutritious foods to kids all across the country who are in need, including No Kid Hungry, which is right here in the U.S. By the way, two years ago in 2020, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million to meals to kids. Now, it is the time to reclaim your health, folks. And all you got to do is arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutritional uh, supplement. And listen, once we get into that cold flu season, this is something that you need because just one scoop of water every day with Athletic Greens, and there's no need for the million of different pills or supplements to look out for your health. All you're going to need is Athletic Greens. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens wants to give you free a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash last stand. Again, athleticgreens.com slash last stand. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know, Sebastian, for everybody who comes on the show, we let people who watch and support it uh, submit questions through social media. We've got a number of them uh, for you, so we'll get right to them. This one comes from Twitter, James. He says, with your attributes and, um, and fighting all these smaller fighters, would you be willing to put on weight and fight at 168? When my body lets me do that, I'll definitely do it. But right now, again, I'm comfortable at this weight class. I'm not, I'm not draining or anything like that. A lot of boxers drain. Yeah. They do that, you know? Here, I'm, just because I'm tall, does it mean I have to go fight heavyweight? I can't even make 200. It sounds like it doesn't make sense, you know? Maybe maybe in a couple of years, but for now, I'm good. Okay. Thailand from Twitter asks, when will you move up and fight people who are more closer to your stature? <laughs> it's the same thing again, you know? You know, uh, I'm as tall as Anthony Joshua, but my, my weight's definitely not there, you know? It, yeah. It's not there. Maybe, maybe when I put on the weight. Got it. Uh, Stizo asks, uh, would you consider a rematch with Lubin? That was clearly a fight of the year candidate. Definitely. I would definitely would. But again, I got what I wanted from him. I got the number one spot. I'm pretty sure it would be the same thing for him if he won. You know, I just want to fight for that title. I yeah. want to fight for a championship, which he was planning to do after that fight, too. No. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike asks, you mentioned you, you could go back to 147. Would you entertain a fight with Boots Ennis? 
Definitely, definitely. He's another talented fighter. I saw him fight on the Charlotte card. He's a strong fighter, but we have our own paths. You know, he's at 47 and 54. We both want that title shot. He's what, the IBF mandatory yeah. at 147. I'm the WBC mandatory. We want to get our title shots first. Okay. Uh, Omar asks, uh, are you hoping to fight Jermel Charlo in 2023? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for that one. Yeah. But we'll see how everything plays out. Okay. Uh, Artman asks, uh, why didn't you rematch with Clark? I thought he beat you. I thought I won. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I won. Everybody has their own opinion. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Uh, I felt like we just passed that fight. After that fight, we fought an Olympian. And then after that, we fought another ranked fighter and another ranked fighter. So look where we're at now. We're obviously doing something good. Absolutely. Uh, Easy Raw asks, in the Sergio Garcia fight, you boxed at range a little more. Will we see more of that out of you in the future? It just depends on the fight. You know, if I feel comfortable from boxing outside, if this guy gives me the time to do that, or if these guys rushing me, I'll, I'll bang. I'll yeah. bang. I'm not afraid to do that either. Did, at any point in that, uh, after the Lubin fight, did you look at it and say, mm, that can take years off my career. Maybe, I, maybe not so much anymore of the inside stuff with me. Uh, it's not that. It's just uh, um, there's things we need to work on, okay. of course. With every fight we learn. But uh, um, it worked. Yeah. Hey, we got him out of the ring. We got him. We, got, we stopped him. You so, got the W. <laughs> yeah, we got the W. You got the W. In spectacular fashion. You're right. Okay, Sebastian Fundor, we come to the last segment of the show. We call it the last stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Right on. All right, here we go. Undisputed uh, champ Jermail Charlo aside, the biggest fight for you right now at 154, Fondor versus who? Um, anybody at 154, anybody top 10. Okay, all right. Uh, there's nobody else that you have been like looking out there a name that you're like, ooh, I've always wanted has, to get this Nick. This guy get has me. all the belts. Yeah, you are, yeah <laughs> right, you're right. You're right, I can see that. Uh, give me your, your top five pound for pound fighters, right? Um, top five. Got Mayweather, Canelo. I like Tyson. Tyson's strong. I like Gennady as well. And still, you like you like Golovkin still, huh? Of course. I mean, one fight doesn't define your whole career. Okay. You can't, you know, you know, he's he's getting older. Okay, right. <laughs> he's getting older. And then uh, um, yeah, put Tommy Hearns in there. Why not? Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, give me the best fighter at 154, not named Fondora or Charlo. <laughs> um, ever. No, right now, in this division. You look in your division. Best fighter at 154, not named Fondora or Charlo? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess you could put Tony Harrison and Tim Sue together. Okay. They're pretty, okay. Solid, pretty solid right. fighters. I like it. Uh, all right, I want you to finish this. By this time next year, Sebastian Fondora will be... World champion. Love that. <laughs> I love that. So you, you said you taking out Jamel Charlo. We have to. We have to. I love it. I love it. Man, listen, I, I think you're a great guy. Thank you. And a fantastic fighter. Thank you. And really, I think, really, you're just, I mean, you haven't even peaked yet. I mean, you got so much more in front of you. Yes. Um, but keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. No. It was great talking to you. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what we do here on The Last Stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport, like Sebastian Fondora. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Oh.
Hail Sunday. The NFL on CBS is back with a crazy talented crop of QBs out west, possible MVPs in the east, and matchups to remember. Sundays, the NFL is on CBS.